Uh, Jason, thank you so much for uh, coming on to do this. We spent the last like 20 minutes trying to set this whole podcast up. It's been an adventure, bro. Hey, well, at least we didn't bust our heads open. You know, that was, it's been, a, it's been something. Yeah, there was a little blooper reel where Jason tried to lean back in the cab and lean back with him. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting big far. Guy. It's all right, man. You know, it is what it is. You know, we're, we're body positive. We're very inclusive here. You can be whatever you want to be, Jason. We love you and, and accept you for who you are as a human being. Um... But yeah, dude, we've we've had a pretty uh, it's been an adventure just setting this whole podcast up. So uh, we're just I'm just glad that you were here. I'm glad that you were patient with doing this. You're you're the policy director of the Austin Young Republicans, Texas Young Republicans. Tec oh, Texas Young for Republicans. the for the entire state. It's a big state. That's a big state. You got a big response. You got a big set of responsibility. And this has been a pretty big legislative session. Yes. No, it's been a great legislative session for us. Uh, we've had five priorities. Um, they are obviously pro-life issues, gun issue, constitutional carry, uh, bail reform, cannabis reform, and uh, governmental overreach. And I'm proud to say that each of them has at least passed uh, one chamber so far. So I want to talk so about. Great. I want to talk about these issues. And there are going to be a few things that I like disagree with you on, mainly that's the pro-life stuff. Yeah. Um, but that, that's whatever. Well, let's you are welcome to be wrong. It's okay. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about medical freedom, and that's going to be part of the the whole discussion on medical freedom, Understood. right? Um, but I want to talk about the, uh, the fact that this past year, I think, I'm not the only one saying this, it's been a lot of people have really viewed the events of this past year as a, as a serious threat to personal freedom and autonomy. Yeah. And I think that it's an extremely important priority in every single state legislator, in every single state legislator, right? Um, especially considering how our federal government is situated these next couple of years, to um, really go above and beyond to prioritize personal freedom. I agree, and and we saw that with so there's two bills in the house, or two bills in the legislature right now that do those kind of things. There's SB 1025 that came out of the Senate. It passed with uh, 29 votes out of 31. Okay, what's and, that bill called? Uh, SB 1025. No, but what, what does it do? Uh, that does it does uh, it's it stops it pretty much uh, shows what the governor and local municipalities are allowed to do what they're not allowed to do. I believe it's more strict than the other version, which is HB three. They're very comparable now, especially after all the amendments on HB. So does it limit like the amount of overreach a public official can do? Yes, it makes sure you, you know you can't shut down businesses for long periods of time. You the you have to call the legislature back in to do a lot of the stuff that uh, that. We, we really just saw um, executives at all levels doing themselves. Yeah, well, because you saw a big abuse of power. Like, you saw Adler do it. And then you saw Abbott doing it um, when he closed everything down. I mean, the first month, you understand, because nobody knew what the hell was going on, right? And you could say, okay, I kind of get it, even though I strongly disagree with it, and it's a serious threat to my liberties. Like, you, like one could be like make that excuse to a degree but then when you're reclosing bars in june and you're not giving these people just compensation and there was three billion dollars in emergency funds didn't go to any of these small businesses um you know you have to limit the overreach of an official i agree or, and and i think part of the problem was abbott did not have enough people around him i i'm a big fan of governor abbott i mean i disagree with a lot of what happened over the last year but i in general really appreciate some of the, so much of what he's done over the last eight years but i will say that he has a um he what he he's 
he tried to stop local municipalities. If you remember going back to the beginning of this, he tried to stop local municipalities for enacting these sorts of things, and he made it a st everything became a statewide issue at that point. So because of that, he had to, at that point, start making it more statewide um, whenever he wanted to do anything. And I think that was part of what happened and what, what the problem was. Yeah, but um, either way, doing what he did and closing bars again on a Friday when everybody bought their alcohol, it's like, yeah, you know, and, then, then, and then you're talking about how you care about businesses and, and small businesses and all that stuff and how you value livelihoods. Like, that action shows the opposite of how you're feeling, you know? like it, it's Well, just I'm, not... an enter I'm an entertainer for a living, so I've been out of uh, What do you do? I'm a balloon artist and Oh, no way. All right, yeah. cool. I did not know that. Yeah, so that's where I actually make my income. Usually I travel uh, the country in the summer. Uh, performing at libraries, encouraging kids to read, that sort of thing. That's one of my favorite parts. Um, it's it's really nice after dealing with politics um, for a session and then getting to just go hang out and uh, encourage kids to Listen, read. Listen, I love giving pedicab rides because of the same thing. Like Especially now with this podcast, like going out and just hanging out with drunk people and just playing my music is like therapy for me now. It, you know it what really I mean? is. So like, I understand that. And so then, my business has been shut down right, for when you're, when you're a year and a half. When you're taking that away from me... Yeah yeah, I'm going to have certain feelings as a result of that. Absolutely. And those are not going to be good feelings. It's going to lead to a lot of like anger and frustration. No. And, I, yeah. and people stuff. should be angry, but I, I do hope that uh, these you, two bills do, fix those You know what things. I think they need to do? Next time anybody issues any kind of a shutdown, you should, ha you should forfeit your salary and forfeit the salary of everybody who works for you. I, That's what oh. I think they... The people that work for you, oof. Uh, no, if you're a governor, your, right? Your, your salary for sure, but yeah. Bro, no, 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 no. Because somebody like Adler could doesn't even take a salary anyway, right? But if you're going to like shut down like um, bars, restaurants, whatever, whatever businesses that there are because of, for whatever reason you decide to see fit, you need, you need to understand that those actions have consequences. So if Adler's going to do that, our entire city council should forfeit their salary, and everybody who works for our city council should forfeit their salary, and everybody who works in City Hall should also forfeit their salary as well because you, you, need, to, you need to put a lot of real serious thought and action to doing that much of a drastic change. I am personally always fine with shutting down Austin City Hall. I, I hear you, bro. Just in general, state statewide too. You know, like I agree. it's got to yeah. be. You no, got to do that so that this way, if you're going to shut argument. down, there's got to be. It, it, like it's like, oh man, you have a really good reason to do that now. The people know? close to you, if you're not dealing with people that are really close to you that are suffering, it's hard to get a sense of what's going on in the world. And, but there's no. Wasn't there somebody trying to write something out like that like last year and. Well, we um, I'm not sure in Texas because yeah, we didn't Texas have a tried to write. I, we didn't have I'm a special session, so no. But I thought somebody like talked about doing it maybe like last November, or December. But I don't really know for sure. I'm not sure. So our legislators don't get paid hardly anything at all anyway. They make six hundred dollars a month. But don't so, they get paid during the session? Don't they get like a good amount of money while they're in session? They get per diems, which you know they're having. If they are more than I think fifty miles away from Austin, they get per diem. So they, and that's usually to buy hotels, um, you know, apartments, et cetera. Okay. So they don't make, but no, they don't make a ton. They do get health care for them. Well, that's nice. No. That's nice. Um, what else was I going to say? Um, so I'm, I started becoming like friends with like Mackenzie Kelly and like Thomas McGregor and those guys. Oh, yeah. Right? Great and folks. And they're really nice people, right? And they were telling me that like it's how difficult it was. You know, they, we didn't go too much into it, but he started explaining to me how difficult it is to get anything to be pushed through because there's all these like procedural arguments, or there's always something. There's always they could like they could find like something wrong in the text of the bill to just say nope, we got it, we can't do it. Look at the procedure. 
Oh yeah, point of we call them point of order. Poos. Yeah, uh, point of order. You see that that a lot online. If you're a, if you're a Twitterer and you follow the Texas Sledge hashtag, P O O point of order. There are so many, so you'll never see them in the Senate. The Senate, they really don't have rules in the Senate. They can do whatever they want. Okay. Um, by the way, I you know you learn something new every session. This session, I learned that the legislature actually, the Senate actually puts in all of their votes for the day before the day begins. Okay. So uh, if you ever thought about it being, now they can change those votes, but if you're wondering if it's a show, yeah, it's a show. <laughs> they already know how they're voting. That's interesting. I'm, I might use that clip for Instagram so people could understand what's actually going on inside politics, Jason. Um, but explain the point of order stuff. So point of order is if, so the biggest point of order is when you look at a, uh, what the analysis of a bill and it's supposed to fully explain what the bill does. If that bill, if you find something and you say that analysis is not proper, is not right, it's missing something or it missed, uh, or it doesn't convey something properly, then that's when you have a, um, that's, that's when you can call, that's the easiest point of order to call. There's a lot of other smaller points of orders that get into minutia, but the most common one is somebody, um, so the, the committee clerk and then the t ledge council write these things up and they go back and forth, back and forth, and they, um, and if they don't do them properly, then somebody can call a point of order on it. So say the, the uh, heartbeat bill. If, if you had something on the heartbeat bill and you said, well, this doesn't clearly explain what the heartbeat bill does or it uses this word and that is not a proper word to use to describe what it does, then you call a point of order on it. So couldn't somebody just theoretically call point of orders to continually obstruct things that are trying to happen? Oh, they do that. that right. That's called chubbing. Okay. If you're trying to slow down the process, we call it, it's called chubbing. Okay. okay. You but then, very late in session. But that's another reason why you don't issue broad executive decisions like shutdowns because – then when the next bill comes to like ch to compensate some of these small businesses or to limit overreach or do whatever, someone could continually issue point of orders to not let that go through. So for somebody to even do a shutdown, knowing that knowing that this exists is it's almost like evil, bro. Like that's really you know what I mean. Like it's beyond reproach. I, I can't I cannot defend the shutdowns. Does that make sense though? Like no, I I get it. I you're right that it's it's very very difficult and and it's. Such a di like in Florida, everybody points to Florida uh, for for what happened there. What they did was everybody was it was all local entities, like every everything was local in in Florida and how they handled it. Texas, it was all statewide. This is a massive state with very different needs and and various. But Florida, parts but of it. even DeSantis had rules, right? He said like, listen, like this is the most the local thing can yeah. do. Yeah, no, he you're gave right. Them choice, but yes. like he just because if if it wasn't if he didn't make it local, right? Like Miami would still be fully shut. Yeah, um, even though they got a Republican governor. Yeah who actually has done some really cool stuff um, when it comes to Bitcoin and utilizing cryptocurrency, which I think is awesome. The governor or the mayor? The, the mayor, I mean. The okay, mayor, sorry, the, the yeah. Miami mayor. Sorry, Miami. I called him the governor. My bad. <laughs> but no, the, the mayor of Miami has been starting to like buy up Bitcoin and yeah. use Bitcoin ATMs and, and start accepting Bitcoin as a currency. I think that's awesome. Huh. But when it comes to like shutdowns and lockdowns, he probably would have just – Miami probably would have just stayed shut down a lot longer than it did if it wasn't for the governor, you know, like – no, you're you're right, and and DeSantis has done a phenomenal job, him, uh, him Christy Noem coming in there and just making sure to, to stop the shutdowns, not giving them a lot of uh, ability to do that in those states. And Which I, I, think I, is I, awesome. I wish yeah. I wish Texas had done that; it would have helped a lot of us. And I well, but but I think that Texas not doing that is kind of gonna like 
really work against Texas, and it's going to, I think, facilitate Texas transitioning from red to blue. And considering what the Democratic Party has been doing this past year in, in change, it's kind of dangerous, man. Well, that, that's the interesting thing is, like, if we'd have had a Democrat governor, would you have seen even more of that? Like, because many of the Democrats in the House, so the House just got rid of a lot of their restrictions on masks and et cetera, just to be in the gallery, right? Yeah. So what would have happened, uh, but a lot of the Democrats voted against that. What would happen, so would we still be shut down if we had a, not just, you know, mass mandates. The shutdown was, was fairly short, right? Uh, yeah, it was pretty short. Yeah, it was only like a month. Yeah, yeah I mean, it was it was a very, very difficult month. And for a lot of businesses, like, still didn't have, like, like I said, for, like, me, you, like, we, we live on events, right? Yeah, and I mean, look, there's unemployment, and people got helped out with unemployment. Yeah. And I, and depending on what you did with your unemployment, like, if you bought cryptocurrency with it or whatever, like, some people might be doing better as a result of the shutdown. As I a wish I had bought crypto. I was sm I had some friends that were like, yo, you better buy I had, I had a homie who works on like for like Goldman Sachs, and he was like sending me all these memes like, "What did you do during the pandemic? Bought Bitcoin like a legend." And I'm just like, <laughs> "All right." Did you buy Doge? No, that that, that stands on nothing. That's for it, of course it stands on nothing, but so. Okay, I didn't. I'll tell you why I didn't buy Dogecoin. Because I don't have a Robinhood account, eh? Yeah. And, I got rid I, of my Robinhood Robin account. Robinhood's a fucking horrible company. Robinhood needs to be investigated with everything that they've done. I, I, um, that's why I got rid of it. Yeah, Robinhood's trash. I switched um, to public. I just use TD Ameritrade like a grown-up, right? Mm. Um, but anyway, I don't have a Robinhood account. Not and sponsored. Like none of the, um, okay, none of the uh, other crypto accounts that I use let you buy Dogecoin. And I'm like, well, if I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna buy it if it's over three cents a coin because of or four cents a coin because of all the shit, you know? So yeah. And just, I just missed the party with, with Dogecoin. Um, okay, let's. We talked about the shutdown stuff, right? Yeah, let's yeah. talk about this constitutional carry. Yes. That's awesome. That's I, awesome. People I, need. People, especially now, need to know that they have freedom to defend themselves from a tyrannical government and also protect themselves from, um, you know, criminals, right? And, and, you're, and you potentially might start seeing rising crime as a result of everything that's happened economically, um, yep. civil unrest, all that. I think that's great. But the fact that it took forever to pass but by, via Dan Patrick, that's kind of bad, man. <sighs> Look, that one was tough because he kept saying, there's no votes, there's no votes, there's That's no bullshit. votes. That's bullshit. But then he was forced to take the votes. Look, the House has been phenomenal this session. They, they got that done early, and they're like, here's a live grenade, but just threw it into the Senate. Okay. So they, so they got it done, and they, they tossed it over there so that they had to get it done, and that was absolutely phenomenal. Um, and we're still, you know, we still have to get some, there's some technical stuff still going on with that, make sure it passes, but we still have three weeks, or, you know, uh, 18 days left. So that's, uh, we've got enough time to get that done. If it doesn't get done, it lays on the feet of one person. I, I hate to say this because he's Dan been Patrick? a good friend of young Republicans, but that's Dan Patrick. Yeah, well, he's better do it. He, you better do it. You if, better do if it. If he people doesn't. Need, well, here's, here's what's going to be interesting is, um, is Don Huffines actually announced for governor oh, yeah, okay. um, yesterday. Who is this guy? Tell me about so him in he like is a few a, sentences. We only have like, like less than 10 minutes left, right? Yes. So, uh, he's a former senator okay. and from Dallas area. He lost his seat in the last uh, two elections ago. Um, but he was, the, he was the first person to file constitutional carry and got a lot of pushback from the lieutenant governor over it when he filed it. So the fact that he's going to be running statewide, if they don't get, if constitutional carry is still a talking point that we didn't get done, that's going to be bad for, uh, unfortunately, both Abbott and Patrick. Okay, what's, what's uh, Huffine's stance on masks and shutdowns and all that? He is a Ron Pauler, so I would say he's pretty Ooh, against. he's a Ron Paul yeah. guy? Yes. What? This is not me taking a position, just to be wait, clear. Wait, wait, wait. 
repeat that though. Is but that, he is a Ron Pauler, yeah. So he's a no they're, fucking they're, way. They're, they're right. both they're both very tiny human beings. Very, both very short. Okay. You know they're about the same height. Um and but yeah, big big Ron Paul guy. So Don Hoffheitz is a Ron Paul. Like that yeah. was one of my one of my biggest regrets when I was when I first was young and started and was old enough to vote was not voting for Ron Paul for president. <laughs> like that was probably one of the biggest regrets I had. Right. Um. But the more I'm, I've learned about it, the more I'm like, dude, that that's that's awesome. Like that is, I did not know that Don Huffines is a Ron Paul type of. Yeah, conservative. he, he like, is. It's cool. gonna be a, it's gonna be a really good race. I'm so saying what's, neutral. All right, all right what, what's, what's Huffines take on like eminent domain and or, and big oil and all that shit? Uh, eminent I domain. The permanent, the permanent highway pipeline was a big thing that so I was really pissed about. So he's a land developer. Like, so I okay. don't know where he is on eminent domain. Because um, I was disappointed he didn't support because his his brother does. Um, Owns a car dealership. Okay. Uh, Huffines has it. If you're yeah. in da- if you're in Dallas, that's their motto. Huffines has it. And um, I was a little disappointed. They did. They were not big supporters of um, Tesla being direct sales for that reason. So, okay. um, so I don't know exactly where he's going to come out on all that stuff. So I don't want to give. I don't want to make presumptions on on all of that. Right. Okay. But that's going to be up to him and his campaign to to come out with. Because the Permian Highway problem was was. Fucked up, dude. Like my my opinion, right? You're you're building this gas pipeline on people's lands who don't. None of them wanted that pipeline being built, right? And I think that that's like kind of underscores a conservative tenant of like property rights have property to be rights. primary. Yeah, yes. yeah. This and, and we need infrastructure. We need oil. I'm not like I'm not about. I'm not trying I'm to like, a say massive otherwise. Massive right? oil and gas fan. Yeah, no, but but you can't do that. And if people don't want it being built on their land, you got to respect the rights of the owners, right? That's you do and have that, to always make sure that the pipeline was that, not yeah. doing that, and they actually made it. A and felony I'll be honest, I don't know protest. a lot about the They made pipeline, it a so. felony to protest big oil at the site last year at the very end of the legislative session, and Abbott signed that shit. And so I was like, oh, I really don't like this guy. And well, then it wasn't when, when to he, protest it, it wasn't to protest it. It was, and we actually so. <laughs> I am a hardcore oil and gas guy. Okay. I am a, I really am, and I am a property rights guy at the same time. Sure. And I'm a criminal, so criminal justice. So Refl- all those okay. things all that, come it's together. It's all that's the one. Let's, 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 these last three minutes, let's talk about this real quick. So, we've had a big, so it like, comes in together. So I get called up by the environmental um, campaign of, okay. of Austin, and they're like, hey, we don't know the process well. We have, look, they, the problem that liberals have, and especially like far left liberals like these guys, they have no concept of how to talk to a conservative. No, I fucking agree with you. Like, no, I, I, I agree like, with you fully. Th- they're going okay. in there with their like hemp hair and all that. I'm like, look, just like let's let's have a conversation. So we we so we actually fixed uh, we we made some amendments to that bill to make it a lot better about uh, what people could do as long as you're not obstructing. You can protest. You can do all those things with that bill because we were able to make some changes to that bill. I still was not a huge fan of it. I still think it went too far on some um, against some criminal justice stuff, but I do but we did fix a lot of that bill. So it wasn't as bad okay. as it was. Cool. Well, I appreciate that. Um, and I think that, that you're right, too, man, because, like, a lot of the stuff I, I've been saying, like, I'm pushing for legal weed. I had an episode with Dennis Ferris where I'm telling him that the cops should not be drug tested for marijuana. Like, I'm talking to a 30-year retired police officer about this, and it's being well-received um, because I know how to talk because of how I communicate, right? And, like, these, some of these far-left defund guys could never even be able to get that guy in a room, right? Well, so, we, like, there is... Well, we've been working on 
penalty reduction for marijuana. We don't take a stance on legalization. We are we greatly support medical expansion, and we should be between a doctor and the patient. You got to make it legal, though. I don't want to interrupt you. No, I've got to make it legal. I am look. I I'm representing an organization here, right? So I, I know. got to. So that is the opinion of the organization. Is is we take a stance okay. on um, on penalty. But here's here's the interesting thing. In we found we've been going back through our history. We found a, a resolution from 1975 that said we we supported penalty reduction. And unfortunately, there has not been a bill passed in Texas in all that, of that support time. That. Look, here's why I think it should be legal, right? And I think that you have a lot of areas, um, a lot of rural areas in Texas that have been dec dec decimated and devastated because of jobs going overseas and loss of industry, right? And if you start legalizing weed, there's so much farmland and open space that you could revitalize a shit ton of small towns and not have people get forced into mega cities as a result of that. Like, if you want to actually grow the Texas economy, do it properly and have it benefit actual Texans, that seems like the easiest, fastest, quickest approach to do it. While we do not have a position, I can say many of our members agree with you. Beautiful. And also the tax revenue, too, so you can like, cap the property tax. Like, when Huffines is talking about lowering property taxes or eliminating it, I'm like, well, you legalize weed, you could lower that tremendously because the revenue makes up. And then also, I'm sorry, I'm trying to say as, a bunch, as, much, as much stuff as possible right now because we've got to wrap up in about 30 seconds, Jason. But, like, um, you start accepting, you start allowing people to pay taxes in cryptocurrency, you could offer discounts on taxes if people start paying in Bitcoin. I think because you're paying with an appreciating currency. But did you know Abbott was the first politician ever to accept Bitcoin as a donation? No, that's pretty cool though. Yeah, four years ago, or three years ago. Props. Maybe he can talk to me about all that and how they should move forward to do that like yesterday. Um, anyway, I'm I'm sorry that we couldn't talk about a whole slew of other issues. We had so much stuff. Um, we'll we have, have to we do a so follow-up. We have to do a follow-up. We had so many issues like uh, in terms of how we're we doing the camera. Um, we couldn't find a power source. The computer wasn't working. The whole bunch of stuff just happened. Everything that went wrong was a Murphy's Law type of day. So we're going to even we're gonna have to even overlap the video with the audio. Um, but I, I really had a great time talking with you, and I really, really, really want you to come back and do a follow-up. Absolutely. This, this might, the, the silver lining is we're going to have to have part. We have to have a part two. I'm happy to do it. Okay. Anytime. Well, hey, listen, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule. I know you got so much to do and so much going on. The fact that you're talking to a pedicab driver about this stuff, it means a lot that you're actually reaching out to working people. Can, I give, your, can I give them one call to action? Yeah, go. Okay. If you're a criminal justice person, we have some phenomenal bipartisan bills from, you know, Sinfronia Thompson and others. Um, on uh, penalty reduction, we have a a HB 441 by uh, Zwiener, which is, a which is a penalty reduction for marijuana. I actually marijuana. like Aaron Zwiener. I like yeah, it. She's um, cool. uh, And then we have, um, it's a good bill, I'll say that. And the other one is 830 by Sinfronia Thompson is a great bill. Just be calling the Lieutenant Governor and say we want more criminal justice bills referred to committee and we want, and then call, um, call uh, Senator Whitmire who is a Democrat and just tell him, look, we need to be hearing these bills. If that, you don't like, have the votes, don't have the votes, but at least at hear least, the bills. At least, yeah, I appreciate that. And Jason, how do we get a hold of you? Uh, online on Twitter is the easiest way at Jason Vaughn, and then on Instagram it's just a free man in Texas. Texas is just TX. Uh, just a free man in Texas. I think you're following me. You might be. Probably. All right. Anyway, Jason Vaughn, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you.